everyone, it's Leslyn Keith. I'm the president of the Board of Directors at the Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I'm joined by Carrie Reedy, a specialist in nutritional medicine as well as functional nutrition. She is a part of the Global Coaching Collaborative at Lipedema Simplified. Not only does Carrie like to share the science around health promoting food choices, but she also knows the importance of translating this into practical everyday tips and tricks to help make food as medicine approach very manageable, no matter how busy life gets. Carrie, so wonderful to have you here with me. We always have wonderful conversations. Oh, it's so fun to be with you. I love it too. <laughs> And you've got some great things to talk about today also. And before you've mentioned sleep and mm. needing good sleep hygiene for good health. How do you think sleep comes into play for someone with lipedema? Oh, brilliant question. So, you know, I often talk about what we need to be looking at somebody's health holistically. And it's not just about the food that we're eating or about the nutrients. There's a whole raft of lifestyle practices that also come into play in terms of being health promoting type practices and sleep being one of them, because so much of what our body does in terms of healing and repair actually happens when we sleep. And I think that sleep can be a bit of a, I guess it gives us a bit of a guide as to what's going on with our health. If we're sleeping well, then I tend to think that we have a lot of positive health things going on. But if we have poor sleep, I start to wonder about what's going on that's driving some of those sleep issues. So I guess there's two different aspects to that question. How does sleep impact lipedema? I think that goes back to, you know, that healing and repair. When we are having frequent wakings during the night, depending on the cause of that, that leaves us feeling one, depleted in energy. But two, I think about what that's doing in terms of inflammation in the body. Poor sleep does contribute to more inflammation. And, you know, depending on what's contributing to those sleep issues, I'll give you an example. Some people wake up in the middle of the night like wake up with a start, you know, not just slowly wake up, think, oh, do I need the bathroom or not? You know, they, they wake up and they're kind of panicked and they're, you know, their mind's racing. This often happens when we get a blood sugar dip during the night. You know, we end up with a bit of a, like a hypoglycemic event, not to the point that would be happening with someone with like diabetes, but, you know, even for those that don't have complicated blood sugar dysregulation, we can have this situation happen and it can happen every night. You know, you wake up at one o'clock or three o'clock and you're wide awake and you can't get back to sleep. It's a kind of a sign that your body's saying, emergency, wake up, you yes, got to do something. Exactly. You know, the body has to release adrenaline and cortisol to bring that blood sugar back to a stable level where it needs to be. But that's contributing to inflammation in the body. That is an alert to the immune system. It's a threat. And so we end up with more inflammation. So, you know, just in that one example, we can see how, if that is the contributing factor to your poor sleep, we can see how that would be playing in with lipedema. In terms of using sleep as a guide for what may be going on health-wise, you know, I have certainly have a lot of ladies with lipedema that tell me they're getting up three, four or five times a night to go to the bathroom. And again, I start to wonder what's happening with all of that lymph and we need to address some of those sorts of things so that people can get better sleep so that their body can be doing that healing and repair. Certainly blood sugar management can be a huge piece in this. Eating a ketogenic diet can really help with that. Some people, and you know that we talk about things like intermittent fasting and not eating too close to bedtime, 
But actually, I do have a couple of clients that find that if they just have like a small square of cheese just before they go to bed, they don't get that wake up during the night. And that can be a bit of a clue that, you know, that small little bit of protein, a little bit of fat just before bed and only a little bit can keep that blood sugar more stable across the night. So ultimately with those people, we see that as being a positive test, if you like, to whether blood sugar dysregulation is part of the picture. And then we try and bring in better practices during the day to regulate that blood sugar so they're not having to eat late at night and be able to manage their blood sugar well during the night. But in terms of lipedema, a few other things I think we need to consider in connection with sleep. Sleep apnea is an uncommon companion with lipedema for a variety of reasons. So thinking about, you know, whether you snore or whether you have somebody that sort of tells you that you make funny noises during your sleep in terms of gasping, that sort of thing. Definitely getting that checked out is really important because that's easy to manage. You know, once it's managed, I find that many other things, you know, we get a lot of positive flow on benefits. I just had one client a couple of weeks ago that, you know, in questioning her about her sleep, I said, I think you need to get a sleep study done. And she was like, oh, I don't know. No one's ever told me I snore. But we did get that sleep study done and she had quite severe sleep apnea. And she said, it feels like her life has started all over again. She has energy during the day. She's not really made a whole lot of dietary changes, but she's slowly dropping the weight. And I think about that in terms of every one of those micro awakenings during the night with sleep apnea, again, is a threat to the body and the immune system is responding and it's likely responding with some sort of inflammation. And that inflammation is contributing to some of the you know, impacts that lipedema has. Interestingly, another area that I like to consider with my clients in terms of sleep is when they're actually waking up during the night. I don't know about you, do you sleep well, Leslin? Oh, not at all. Oh. And actually, I have sleep apnea. Oh, okay. Um, being managed with the CPAP machine. But I would tell someone who they've never been told that they snore, think about what your dreams are. Because before my sleep apnea was treated, I would actually wake up having just had a dream that I was swimming underwater and trying to find the surface of the water to mm. get some air. And so, and then I finally would gasp for air and then I would wake up. And so my sleep apnea was diagnosed and now I use a CPAP machine and it is night and day. So if you have an opportunity to investigate this, it really makes a huge difference just in lipedema resistance to weight loss. Mm. You are not getting good sleep. You are not going to be able to lose weight. It's very tied into that. So I'm so happy you're talking about this topic. And can you mention a little bit, Carrie, about hormones? Because hormones are involved with lipedema. It seems to be triggered at times of hormonal change, but hormones are also involved in sleep. So how do you think those two things go together? For sure. Well, we often, you know, hear from ladies that during those perimenopause years, those years, those that 10 years or so before we actually hit menopause and then into menopause, that sleep can be disrupted because of things like hot flashes and just frequent nighttime waking. It can change our bladder's kind of, I guess, tolerance and we end up getting up to use the bathroom more than we have in the past. So certainly there's that aspect of hormones that play a role in sleep that are obviously connected with lipedema because we know that there's a hormonal component. But I think it's even more than that. You know, we need to think about the thyroid hormones. We need to think about 
you know, some of those neurotransmitters, things like how much melatonin are we making to help us sleep? And all of the hormones and neurotransmitters, they all communicate with one another. So if we end up with one hormone that's out of balance, say for instance, you know, you often hear in lipedema that there's some estrogen dysregulation, but if estrogen's dysregulated, then it's like a domino effect. It starts to impact all of these other hormones as well. And so, you know, on a number of different levels and a number of different mechanisms that, you know, the hormonal changes that happen can certainly impact sleep. And going back right to what we sort of talked about right at the beginning, we need to be sleeping well to be healing and repairing. And we want to be lowering any impacts that may be triggering more inflammation because that inflammation is making weight loss much more difficult. And it's also contributing potentially to the growth of lipedema. So, you know, in many ways, this conversation we're having today is all very circular, isn't it? Everything seems to be, yes. you know, connecting every, you know, touching the next area and causing problems. Yeah. And you to speak about, you know, that sleep is also a time for healing mm. and our lymphatics do their best work in the brain during sleep. There's actually a slight shrinkage of the brain tissues to allow more space for those lymphatic vessels to dilate. And this is when they clean out all the waste in your brain. It's no coincidence that people who have sleep disorders have a higher incidence of Alzheimer's mm -hmm. because they aren't getting enough sleep. There's not enough time for that lymphatic system to do that waste removal of your brain. So there, for so many reasons, it is so important to address your sleep issues, to not wait and investigate. There are usually several people in your community that are sleep experts and to consult with one of them and to see if this is part of what's happening to you and your lipedema experience would be so valuable. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up the lymphatics in the brain because that's just recent in terms of our understanding of the human body. We've really only in the last 10 years learned that there is actually, it's called the glymphatic system, isn't it? That works in the brain yes. and does this cleanup process that happens, particularly when we're sleeping. And I think this is a great time to really just throw out there the fact that how well we sleep at night actually depends on a lot of things that happen during the day. You know, we need to be eating enough protein during the day to make sure that we have all the nutrients we need to make all these hormones that we've been talking about, things like melatonin and to make enough energy for that lymphatic system to do its cleanup work. So protein during the day is really important. Some of those sleep hygiene practices in terms of, I know I just mentioned before, eat something just before bed. But typically what I would say is try to avoid eating too close to going to bed because we can't be digesting and sleeping at the same time. So we want to be eating our evening meal earlier. We want to be thinking about what we're doing in the hours before sleep. We've become quite reliant on our devices, you know, the iPads, the Kindles, the phones, the laptops, and they all emit blue light. And that blue light is very much like the blue light that we would experience in the middle of the day. And so our brains right up until bedtime, if we're reading off a device, are saying it's daytime, it's daytime, it's daytime, rather than slowly working our way, you know, the sun goes down, things get darker. And that starts to trigger the release of melatonin in our brain. And, you know, many of these modern practices that we're doing are really unique to our generation. You know, prior to 20 years ago, we didn't have all of these devices that we were looking at all of the time. But there are some apps that people can use or you can change some of the display settings to change the tonality 
of your devices so that as the sun goes down, those devices, the screen color changes to more of an amber hue, more like we would have, I guess, ancestrally enjoyed from a campfire, those sorts of hues of color that can, again, trigger the brain to say, okay, it's time to be settling down to go to sleep. It's making all of the hormones that it needs to trigger that sleep. So we certainly want to think about that. We want to be thinking about just our circadian rhythm. You know, that's that day-night, you know, cycle that our bodies experience. If we can get out into some natural light really early in the day, even if it's like ambient light coming off plants and trees, you don't have to be sitting in the sun, looking at the sun. I wouldn't want anyone to be doing that, but you can just be outdoors. That actually tells our brain it's daytime and resets the circadian rhythm. And that's a really simple thing. You know, just you can go out and sit in your garden or sit on a balcony. It's not so good through windows. So really, we do want to be outdoors and just allow our brains to register. It's a new day. I think most of us are quite aware of the fact that we can spend a lot of time inside and I think it's confusing our sleep cycles. So that's just a few little tips and tricks, but that protein is really important too. I guess amongst this whole conversation, Leslie, that's the first time I've actually mentioned nutrition. <laughs> As a nutritionist, you would think I'd be more about the food and there's probably a whole more conversation that we could have about how food plays well, a role in sleep. That's just your functional medicine background. I mean, you're the nutritional arm of functional medicine mm. and you've been trained to look at the whole person. And it is such a benefit to our women with lipedema being able to access your wonderful information as a coach with Lipedema Simplified. Really want to thank you for being here with me today. A wonderful conversation and I hope to have you back again soon. Oh, it's and I'd like to also say a big thank you also to all of you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes when they become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing. Hi there, this is Catherine Sayo with a very quick an exciting announcement just to let you know our three-day event heart to heart is coming up march 31st april 1 and 2. make sure you don't miss it we have speakers coming from all over the world and an amazing schedule for interaction with all of the community it's going to be spectacular go to lipedema-simplified.org and be sure to click the link to get more information and we'll see you there.